Welcome to Amazing Horse Country. And thank you for tuning into the Amazing Horse Country podcast. I'm Scott Phillips. Hey everybody, we are almost ready to start off the clinic season at our home ranch in Alberta, and I can't tell you how excited I am to meet all our new clients and chat with all the folks that are returning for clinics this season. Despite the pandemic, we are going to have a fantastic season full of fun and learning with our horses. I really hope to see you this spring, summer, or fall. And there's other ways we can hook up too. Three Wednesdays per month, I host the Amazing Horse Country webinars. The topics come from listeners and participants. In the past, we've hosted webinars on liberty, following under pressure, obstacle courses, mares, and coming up, we have sessions on backing up, pulling back, and lunging. Every webinar features presentations, demonstrations, videos, and discussions. All our webinars are recorded, so you can watch them on our website at any time. Head to AmazingHorseCountry.com and click on Clinics to see what's coming up. Click on Videos to see previous webinars. I really hope to see you in one. Speaking of enjoying the summer season with our horses, our time with our horses must be enjoyable for them too. One way to help your horse have a good time is to make sure you have a saddle that fits properly. Think of how much effort we put into buying shoes and boots that fit us. I have spent many hours in the boot shops trying on various brands and styles and walking around the store until I'm satisfied. In my profession, I spend a great deal of time on my feet teaching clinics and it's not fun to be in a lot of pain at the end of the day. Think about your horse's saddle in the same way. The weight of the saddle and our bodies are pushing the saddle onto our horse's back. If it doesn't fit right, that weight will be concentrated on pressure points instead of spread out. Not only can this sore your horse, but it's stressful for them as well. It can lead to an association that riding equals pain. Let's avoid that. In this episode, I hook up with equine bodyworking professional Jody Schultze McMahon for an exploration into saddle fitting. Let's get right into it. I get the odd question from clients in my clinics asking if their saddle fits their horse. I'm by no means an expert. I can certainly spot some glaring fit problems where the saddle is pinching at the shoulders or bridging or rocking. I often refer people to folks like you, Jody, because I think having someone with knowledge in the anatomy and biomechanics of the horse is important. So let's start off with the basics. Why is it important to have a saddle that fits? Well, Scott, when we have a saddle that doesn't fit, we can end up with a horse in pain. We can have a decrease in performance. We can have a horse that's really tight or bracy under saddle. And ultimately, we can end up with muscle atrophy as it is damaged by the saddle. If we think about wearing someone else's pants that aren't our size, it can be really uncomfortable and cause a lot of discomfort for us. And pants have more give than a saddle tree does. That makes a lot of sense. And I find these days it seems like there's a lot more concern about saddle fit than there was in the past. I definitely agree. I think in the past there was less variation between individual animals belonging to a certain person. A cowboy, for instance, tended to have a type of horse that he was drawn to, so it was easier for him to have a saddle that fit most of them pretty well. Horses have become so much more specialized, and you can have an incredible amount of variation even within a breed. The quarter horse is a great example of this, where you can have some cutting type bred horses that are closer to a pony in size, but you can also have those who are mistaken for warm bloods. With so much difference, our saddles need to be able to accommodate for this. So is it actually possible to have a saddle that fits a variety of horses then? 
Speaking in terms of practicality, I mean, if someone owns 10 horses, having 10 unique saddles is, well, it could be financially unrealistic. Unfortunately, the answer is that unless the horses are quite similar in shape, the saddle really isn't going to fit all of them. Of course, like you say, it isn't practical for each horse to have their own custom saddle, so we often have to do our best to make things work as well as we can. Right on. What advice would you offer someone that is looking for a saddle and either owns or is in a position to ride a variety of horses then? Would someone be able to own, say, three saddles and be able to cover a majority of their horses, given those horses are somewhat similar? If the horses are somewhat similar, then you might be able to cover all of them with a single saddle and by making adjustments with shims and saddle pads of differing thicknesses. If the person owns the group of horses, it's a bit easier as it's always going to be the same of same group of horses. For someone like a colt starter who might have six or eight different horses in each month, it's definitely more much more of a challenge. Obviously, the trainer can't have an infinite number of saddles available for their client horses. The irony is that when a horse is being started, a big part of what we're trying to accomplish is a horse being okay with a tack and a rider sitting in that tack. I think it would be quite a bit easier if the tack fit well. But again, there just really isn't a practical answer to having an ideal fit for every horse. So what are some things that someone in that situation can do then? I have clients who start colts who really recommend bodywork to their clients throughout the starting period. This can definitely help support the body and provide a bit of relief from the effects of a poor fit. I'm always happy to have a look at how the saddle is fitting and provide some feedback on how we can improve the fit. The aim here isn't achieving a perfect fit, but a 50% fit is better than a 35% fit, and a 75% fit is better than a 50% fit. That makes sense. Why is saddle fitting such a problematic issue in the first place? Like, what is the real challenge with it? The challenge of the saddle fit is that we are fitting a static or non-moving object to a dynamic or moving body. So not only do we need to try to get the shape of the saddle to fit the horse well, but we also need to be sure that the shape works well for the horse once they are moving and carrying a rider. So what are we aiming for when we look at fitting a saddle on our equines? So the aim is to achieve maximum comfort, which allows for freedom of movement of the horse. In order to achieve this, we need maximum surface area contact, as well as comfort and balance for the rider. In order to have maximum weight dispersal, we need to have contact over as great a surface area as possible. The saddle needs to fit both the horse and rider well, and be suitable for the job that the team is going to be doing. For example, you might be able to find a cutting saddle that works really well for the horse and rider, but that's not going to be our greatest choice if their aim is to compete in show jumping. Right on. So just like our own clothes, some of them fit fine, but they're not for every task, like wearing tight jeans going jogging, for example. Speaking for our personal fit, I know that one criteria we all share is that the saddle has to be comfortable for us. When I had my saddle made, I was measured six waves from Sunday, but ended up with a saddle that is the most comfortable thing I've ever sat in. The other, no less important criteria, is that it had to fit my main mare. And again with that, we have a variety of needs. I need a saddle I can sit in for an entire day. For others, it might be a two-minute run. Let's get into the meat of what fit really is. What specific features or measurements are we looking at? So there are definitely a lot of different pieces to look at, but some of the main ones we'll talk about today are width of the saddle tree, angle and contour of the bars or panels, and the length of the tree. So the width describes how wide your horse is across the back, say from the left side to the right side. Some horses are shaped more like a tabletop with considerable width before the tissue slopes off to meet the ribcage. Other horses are more peaked, like a rooftop. 
The next aspect is the angle, which describes the degree to which the tissue slopes off from the spine towards the ribcage. Often people only look at one of these aspects when fitting a saddle. The problem is that you can have a horse who is quite wide across the back, but then has a steeper slope where the tissue angles down to meet the shelf of the ribs. In this case, you may find a saddle that is wide enough for the horse, but the angle is too flat, so the saddle still doesn't fit. Without any knowledge, the horse owner then thinks that they need to find an even wider saddle, when in fact they may need the same width, but with a steeper bar angle. You can have any combination of width and any combination of angles. The other part to this is that the width and the angles need to be correct for the full length of the saddle tree from the front to the back. Often when people check fit, they focus only on the gullet or just behind the shoulder. Just because the width and angle match the horse in this area does not mean that it will match for the full length of the saddle. The next thing we need to look at is the contour of the saddle or the shape of the bar of the panel from front to back. Looking at different horses highlights the need for this aspect as you can have a very swayed back, aka a lot of contour, or a very flat back, aka very little contour. When this aspect of the fit is incorrect, you end up with either bridging or rocking. Bridging describes when the saddle does not have enough contour to match the horse's back, and so you end up with four pressure points, one on either side of the withers and one underneath each side of the back of the saddle. Rocking describes the opposite, where the saddle has more contour than the horse's back does, and you end up with a pressure right in the center of the bar on either side. In this case, you can often feel it when you're in the saddle, as the saddle doesn't feel very stable underneath you. The length of the saddle also needs to be appropriate for the horse. Ideally, the saddle tree should sit on the back just behind the shoulder blades, and the tree should not extend past the last rib. The reasoning for this is that the lumbar or low back vertebrae have very thin, fragile, transverse processes that really aren't set up to carry weight at all and are more susceptible to damage. Last but not least, the saddle definitely needs to fit the rider well. If the saddle fits the horse well, but sets the rider's weight off to one side, then the horse is still going to have issues with the saddle fit. Let's say we take the saddle without a pad and toss it on our horse. What things should we be looking for determining a fit? There really is so much to saddle fit, so I'll try to provide a few of the key points that we've already talked about that you can go home and check in with. The first thing you want to make sure is that your horse is standing fairly square on level ground. And then you're going to place the saddle in a position where it's obviously too far forward. From there, you're going to wiggle the saddle from side to side with some rearward pressure. And the saddle's going to slide backwards and gradually settle into a spot where it seems like it just wants to stay. Typically, no matter how you place the saddle when you tack up, this is the position the saddle's going to move to. From there, you can have a look at the length of the saddle. If you can find the end of the tree, which will feel hard and unmovable in the skirts of a western saddle, you want to see if it's sticking out past the last rib. It's a bit easier with an English saddle as you are able to really clearly see where the back of the panel is making contact with the horse's back. The next thing you can do is slide your hands underneath the front of the saddle. You want to see if there's even pressure from the top of the panel to the bottom. If there is, then this means the angle is appropriate for the horse. You want to make sure that this is the case for the full length of the saddle, as I mentioned earlier. You want to make sure that you're checking both sides of the saddle as well, because your horse or the saddle may not be perfectly symmetrical. The other thing that you can have a feel for is if the pressure feels even from the front of the saddle to the back. If there's a big gap in the contact of the middle of the saddle, this is where you have some bridging, and you'll find that you can easily wiggle your fingers up and down. If the opposite is true, 
where you have more pressure in the middle and maybe a bit of a gap at the front or back, then the saddle has too much rock for the horse. These last two things can have obvious differences or slight ones. So if you're not really sure and you're still suspecting a saddle fit issue, then it's best to have someone out to have a look. The last thing that's fairly easy to check is the gullet. You want to make sure that it's wide enough that there won't be any pressure pushing down directly on top of the horse's spine. This means making sure that the gullet has enough clearance over the withers, but you do want to make sure you either look or feel all the way to the back of the withers. There may be lots of clearance at the front, but it's not uncommon to have a pressure point on the back of the withers that often gets missed. In an English saddle, it's super easy to look from behind and make sure the full length of the gullet is wide enough. It's a bit more of a challenge with a Western saddle because of the way the sheepskin attaches, but it doesn't hurt to have a peek anyways. Right on. That sounds like a lot of common sense and, and a lot of pieces we can go out and start to play with and check on our own saddles. Totally. And that's the thing to remember is that saddle fit definitely can be quite complicated and there are a lot of pieces to look for. But a lot of it's really common sense, so it is easy for the average owner to go out and get an idea of what's going on with their own saddle. Okay, let's say we've been riding our horse and for whatever reason we suspect that we might have a saddle fit problem. Physiologically, what signs is our horse going to show when a saddle isn't fitting right? So you might notice that when you're grooming your horse, he's quite tender through the back and is dropping away from even a soft brush. You might notice that the horse has heat bumps or small little bits of inflammation when the saddle's pulled off. Or the horse might just start to respond really negatively in anticipation of the saddle being thrown on. Dry areas can be as well, but in my experience, I've found that this one often requires a bit of further investigation to be confirmed. A couple other things are areas of rubbed, frazzled-looking hair or missing hair. White marks do indicate a fit issue, but it does take some time for this to appear, so this is more of a sign of a long-standing issue. So a white mark, I have an old horse of mine that's got a white mark on his wither. And so what you're saying is that that's probably from a saddle that he had been wearing for multiple times that ended up causing that, not just one incident? That's exactly it. So the other thing to consider in that particular case is that it could be a result of a poor fitting blanket where there was too much pressure in that one spot over a long period of time. When we end up with white hairs, the crazy part is, is that the Damage actually starts at the depth of bone. It doesn't happen at the skin first. So it does take time, and that's why those white marks show up quite a bit later rather than, say, a week within or within a week of having a new saddle. Oh, that makes sense. Right on. Good to know. Are you interested in tapping into Jody's extensive equine knowledge? Well, you can. On June 17th, for our Wednesday webinar, join Jody Schulte McMahon and me for a special Q&A session on equine bodywork. In this session, Jody will address your questions. All you need to do is send in your bodywork questions to info at amazinghorsecountry.com. That's info at amazinghorsecountry.com. Or go to our website and use the contact form. We're looking forward to hearing your questions and joining you on Wednesday, June 17th. I've seen many people use shins. We can also buy saddle pads with various levels of padding on them. Sometimes I wonder if we're putting more padding over the problem, but the problem is still under there. How effective are those in getting a saddle to fit when it wouldn't otherwise fit? 
Also, can a good saddle pad iron out some minor saddle fit issues? The answer to that is sometimes. It depends how the saddle isn't fitting. The most uncomplicated answer to that question is that we can fill in a gap, but we can't help if something's too tight. So for example, in the case of bridging, where we have a gap between the middle of the saddle, the bar or the panel, and the middle of the back, we can shim the saddle to give it more contour to achieve maximum surface area contact. If the gullet is too narrow for that horse, however, there isn't a gap that is a problem, and adding more padding tends to make the issue worse rather than better. Think of it this way. If you had to wear other people's shoes, adding an extra pair of wool socks could help you get by if the shoes are too big. If the shoes are too small, however, then the extra pair of socks is only going to make the shoes feel tighter. And I totally get that because my dad handed me down a bunch of boots and things that he doesn't use anymore. And his feet are a little bit smaller than mine. And even though I try to make them work so I don't have to go buy more boots. Yeah, it's not so much. So, Jody, our discussions always seem to delve into the quality of riding. So let's say that we have a saddle that seems to fit the horse when he or she is standing quietly being tacked up in the alley of the barn. Can the saddle subsequently not fit depending on how the horse is ridden? Like what I I guess what I'm asking is, can our riding change whether the saddle fits or not? Yeah, for sure. If the saddle is fit to the horse in a neutral posture, but then the horse spends the majority of their ride in a posture that's really different to that neutral posture, say either very inverted or highly collected, then the horse is still going to have fit issues. Again, it's so important for us to check in with a dynamic assessment. So what is a dynamic assessment? Is this what a sheet test is? This would be where we do a sheet test, and ideally the saddle fitter would be able to watch the horse being ridden. For myself, I often have the owner do a sheet test and send me pictures of the results before I even come out to check in with the fit. To me, the sheet test is the real proof as to whether something fits and is working for the horse or not. By starting here, I'm able to see if there are any glaring issues going on, and from there we can decide if we need to book a full fit assessment, or if everything looks to be working okay. If it's not, I can use the sheet test as a guide to what I might be looking at in terms of poor fit for that horse. And then we can assess if there's something that we can do to help it. How would an owner know that a dynamic assessment is something that they should be looking into? To me, this is something we should all be assessing on a regular basis. It helps when you know that you have a pretty good fit to start with, but your horse is going to be a different shape depending on their current weight, level of fitness, time of year. There are so many variables. Even changes in the feet can affect how the saddle fits. In the ideal world, I would have everyone doing a sheet test every six months or so. And that isn't something that, you know, I myself have even thought of of doing, or let me be honest, that isn't something that I do do. And, you know, I, I am aware that our horses change, um, you know, size a little bit, maybe more in the winter when they're on an all-you-can-eat buffet. That's definitely something we should think of doing, you know, as the seasons change, if, if our horses are sitting out there all winter. That's exactly it. And it honestly just never hurts because as horse owners, we tend to see our horses every day or every couple days. So changes can happen kind of right underneath our noses without us realizing. So by checking in, doing that sheet test, then you make sure that you're on top of any changes that have happened. So I want to throw in a little story about my horse, Chip. This year, he's going to be 10 years old. How time flies. And Last summer in a clinic, I brought him in to do a little demonstration and I threw the saddle on him that I've been riding him in for years 
And he had a problem with it. And Chip handles a lot of pressure. He's a really cool guy. Love that horse. But his response to that was to start backing up. And I couldn't figure out right off the bat why he was backing up. And my thought was there was some compression you know, around his front end that that saddle was causing, and he was trying to back away from the pressure. So subsequent to that, I tried another saddle on him, and he seemed to get along with that much better. But I was a little bit taken aback by the fact that, you know, this horse is is 10 years old, and he's still, his body is still changing. Totally. And I think sometimes, especially in a world where, you know, we um, start horses quite young, there's a lot of competitions for young horses. We tend to think of them as mature sometimes at three, four, or, you know, sometimes people think six, but really they can keep maturing for quite a bit longer. And I know having seen Chip this summer, um, I commented actually on how much his body has changed since I had seen him last year. So yeah, again, it's just always great to check in with Fit because you never know what changes have happened. Yeah, exactly. Live and learn. So in so many aspects of the horse world, it can be difficult to separate opinion from fact and myth from reality. And I really see that manifest itself with people that are just getting into riding because they're sort of bombarded with uh, opinions and thoughts and they go to the internet and there's this and that and everyone has their, their own version of facts. And that's even further compounded by social media and effective marketing strategies. That, on top of all the factors we've already talked about, could make saddle fitting a fairly complex endeavor for a horse owner or rider. Where can they turn to? You can definitely hire the services of a saddle fitter to help you out. All right, so there's actually such a profession as a saddle fitter? Or would you be looking for someone in your trade? Yep, there are actual saddle fitters who fit saddles full time. There are various places people can go to learn about saddle fitting. However, it's another unregulated industry, so anyone can hang up a shingle and charge for their services. So there's definitely super dedicated individuals who have done a lot of training and whose only focus is saddle fitting that are really great at their jobs. A lot of broadie workers, such as myself, have completed additional education on saddle fitting. So you definitely kind of have to shop around a bit to find somebody that seems like a good fit for you and your horse. Speaking of my own experience, the focus of my education was on assessing fit and making changes with shims or changes in padding. I also learned how to measure a horse for someone who wants to order a custom-built saddle. I don't have any training in reflocking an English saddle or adjusting the tree of one, so I wouldn't be the person to call if that's the service that you're looking for. So what questions would you ask of a saddle fitter so you'd know they're the person that can help you out? So when you get in touch with them, you just want to make sure that you're really specific as to what you're looking for. You want to make sure that they're looking at all the aspects of the fit that we've talked about already. If they come out, drop the saddle on and tell you it fits after running their hands under the front of the saddle on one side, you really need to find somebody else. All right. So I've got an appointment booked with a reputable saddle fitter. What should I expect is going to happen in that session? Okay. So when the saddle fitter comes out, the session should include a few things. First of all, you want to make sure that they're looking at your horse without anything on, just to get an idea of what your horse is shaped like, if he does have any asymmetries, and basically just to get a general idea of anything that might affect the saddle fit. From there, you want to make sure that they're looking at the saddle off of the horse. 
So this can include looking for asymmetries between the sides of the bar or the panel, um, looking at the symmetry of the seat, making sure the stitching is great, making sure that your stirrup bars are uh, even from one side to the other, things like that. From there, you want to make sure that they put the saddle on the horse. Usually, most people will check the saddle fit without a pad underneath and kind of get of an idea of how the saddle's sitting on the horse. They are going to check for any glaring issues, like if there is bridging or too much rock, um, if the balance point is going to be good for the rider on that horse, some things like that. From there, they're going to look at you sitting in your saddle. And again, just noting any asymmetries. Are you able to sit straight in the saddle or is one seat bone pushed up higher than the other side? These things are all going to matter once your horse is in motion. You do want to have them look at the fit in motion. So quite often, I like to watch my clients ride to see if I can pick out any major issues. Um, But again, as mentioned before, I really like to do the sheet test because this is going to give me a clear picture of what's going on between the horse, the saddle, and the rider while the horse is in motion. Yeah, I think clearly from our discussion, there's way more to it than that. Yeah, exactly. So how about your own knowledge? Like is saddle fitting something you can take a weekend course on? You know, for that matter, isn't it just as feasible to take a course in saddle fitting so that you can have that knowledge yourself? I guess it's like anything. If you're looking to learn about it, you can get as in-depth as you'd like. There are lots of different courses out there that have lots of different depths of information. One of the things that's been on my agenda for a long time is throwing together a short clinic geared towards horse owners. I'm not looking to turn everyone into a professional saddle fitter, but I do think it's great for owners to have some tools to check in with their own saddle fit. That way they have an idea of when they might want to call a professional in rather than just hoping everything's okay. Yeah, that's sort of akin to, you know, taking a trimming course, not because you might be trimming your own horses, but then you have the knowledge to look and assess and have a competent conversation with with someone who actually is a professional in the field. That's exactly it, Scott. And if you have a bit of knowledge on your own, then you can make some minor tweaks and maybe keep things going until you're able to get somebody out to give you a hand. So I've had conversations with folks where everyone swears that a certain brand of saddle fits all their horses. I would agree that certain styles of saddle build would lend themselves to fitting a wider variety of horses, but I'd be hard-pressed to connect that to a specific brand. What are your thoughts on that? So I used to be one of those people who swore that my saddle sat pretty darn good on every horse that I threw it on. The reality is, is that saddle is a set shape. It'll fit horses who have that shape, and it's not going to fit horses that don't have that shape. This is a really hard truth that I think a lot of people don't like to acknowledge because of all the impracticalities of having a well-fitting saddle for every horse. I think that this often shows up in saddle sales as well, unfortunately. Of course, everyone would love to be able to say that they have a saddle tree or a variety of them that's going to fit every horse. As you learn more as an owner, you really do realize that this just isn't feasible, except in the case where the saddle maker is custom building the tree based on a very set of thorough measurements of your horse. As I've become more experienced, I've learned that I really don't care about the brand of saddle or the type. Adjustable tree, air pocket, treeless. There are so many options out there, but the reality is that a saddle either fits and works for the horse or rider, horse and rider, I should say, or it doesn't. I've seen really expensive, brand new, supposedly custom built saddles that really shouldn't sit on any horse ever. On the flip side of that, I've seen a really cheap saddle fit a horse as close to perfect as you can hope to get. 
At the end of the day, I really don't care as long as both the horse and rider are comfortable, happy, and able to do their job. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Why not join us? Become a patron and a member of Amazing Horse Country. We'd be glad to have you. Membership levels include early access to podcasts, our member-only forum, lots of Amazing Horse Country swag, participation in our live webinars, and even one-on-one training with me, Scott Phillips. Membership plans start for as little as $5 Canadian per month, and those go a long way to helping us provide podcasts, videos, and more for all you fantastic horse people. Give it some thought. Again, we'd love to have you join us. Just head to AmazingHorseCountry.com backslash membership. Even with a basic free membership, you can register for our amazing clinics and webinars, watch training videos, engage in our articles, share your horse stories, and much more. You'll find it all at AmazingHorseCountry.com. Oh, before you go, why not take a couple seconds and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcatcher you're using? We'd love your feedback. Until next time, my friends, happy trails. Happy trails.